Welcome to the Conquer Your Draft Podcast, where fantasy champions are made. Welcome back to the Conquer Your Draft Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Josh, and with me, as always, is Mike. How you doing, Mike? Josh, I can't make small talk with you today. Um, we just can't. We can't do that. We, we have we to talk about... We don't have time about, to waste? No. We have to talk about DeAndre Hopkins. I'm just so completely shocked and confused, and I have a lot of questions. And I'm going to say right now, we had, we had a discussion a couple weeks ago in the off season, one of the off-season episodes of our podcast about what team like a new general manager coach would be the worst to go to. And we <laughs> talked a lot about the Houston Texans. And I'm sorry, but the Arizona Cardinals, they have now jumped the Texans. And they are now the number one worst team to go to in any situation. They do not know what they're doing over there. You mean you don't think it was a wise strategy to just release your star wide receiver? Why wouldn't they trade him? Is there any indication as to why? Like, maybe you have some information, because that's that's what we're here to do, is talk about this. But do you have any idea why they wouldn't trade him? Are you telling me a team wouldn't give you, like, a draft pick for him? I, I don't know if it was they just, like, he just wanted out, and he said, screw you guys. Like, or... Maybe they couldn't come to agreement with another team. Like maybe they wanted a lot. Like I really don't know. I I'm with you. I don't understand why he got cut, but yeah, because usually you cut a player because they've done something or they're a distraction or they're causing problems, which we don't know. I mean, you're right. That could have, that could have been the case. The thing is, is the player. I mean, players have a lot of power, but in this particular instance. You need, as a team, to be a little bit like stronger than that, a little bit more courage to just tell Hopkins, like, okay, you don't want to be here? No problem. We're going to trade you. Sit tight. We're going to trade you. If you refuse to play for us, that's on you. If you just want to sit, sit on your butt all year, that's fine. We're not releasing you. We're trading you because we're going to get assets for you to help us rebuild in the future. And then, yeah, okay, maybe you might ask for, for too much right now, but... It, where what what month are we in June? We're in June, and and you're doing this like you've got you've got uh, what a uh, training camps usually open beginning of August I think that's around when preseason starts right like like official training camps I know there are mini camps now but I think it's around then so to me you have so much time to make a deal happen that this just seems so sudden to me and we're sitting here trying to find a logical reason and I bet you it just comes down to incompetence because that's just what it seems like. It just seems like they didn't they didn't try because I, I a team's got to want him. He's going to get signed somewhere in, oh, in the next week. Yeah, yeah he he one hundred percent will be on a team. Um, I did go and just do a quick glance online to make sure nothing had been released as to why, and it seems like the only only thing that's been released so far is just that they couldn't find a trade partner for him. That's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. Some team's going to sign him and get him basically for free. Like, I know they'll, you know, when you release a player and there's some money owing, and I'm sure there will be some com- complexities around signing him, but they're not going to have to give up an asset to get him now. Like, teams no, are just, just playing straight, hardcore with straight like, cash for him now. Yeah, straight cash. And how long could they possibly have been trying to trade him? Like, they gave up after a week? 
just dumb, dumb decisions. I don't know who their general manager is of this team, but that was an absolute terrible decision. That's the type of decision you see happen in our house league. One of one of the random people who's there to have a lot of fun just like randomly drops a player because they're hurt one week and Josh yeah. picks them up. Like that's basically Absolutely. what this situation is. I think it's a, if I'm not mistaken, it's a brand new GM to the Cardinals who actually, he did, doing. he did very well in the draft. So yeah, I am kind of surprised, but now they had been talking about trying to trade him pre-draft as well. So it has been, well, I guess a, about a month now since we last really heard that he was on the trading block. So maybe there just straight up was no interest. Cause I mean, he's not young, like, I mean, he's not ancient by any means either, but he is. Uh, he is getting up there in terms of years, and I think his salary was like nineteen million. A lot of money, a lot of money. Yeah, a, a lot of money plus whatever you have to give up because, like, he he is a difference maker, right? Um, so they would they would have probably wanted at least a first or multiple picks, if not a first. And he's thirty years old, so he'll be thirty one before the season starts. So he is getting up there in age. So that's a lot to commit to somebody who's older. So maybe it really just was, they truly couldn't find anybody who was willing to give them anything. And the only way he was going to get on a new team was by somebody who could just pay cash for him. I, the only thing I would say against that is if you want, let's say, okay, you want a first round draft pick and some player, let's just say, okay, I want a roster player to help my team now. And I want a first round draft pick for him. And the team says no. Is that the end of the discussion? You hang up the phone, or do in you our, negotiate? In our league, yes. But well, that's be- no. That's because the trade. <laughs> that's because if this was you, like if you were the Cardinals, you'd be like, okay, I'll trade Anthony Hopkins to you. I want six first round draft picks. Uh, and Anthony Hopkins. Stadium. Sorry, DeAndre Hopkins. Sorry. <laughs> Hopkins is a well-respected actor. <laughs> no wonder they couldn't find a trade. Yeah, because they were trying to they were trying to trade Oscar winner Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> People were like, "No, you crazy person! Yeah. Can he play football? He's like 80. <laughs> I meant DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins. <clears throat> that completely throws up my whole point. My point was in our league. You would have offered DeAndre Hopkins for three first-round draft picks, four first-round draft picks, something ridiculous. And then people would be like, oh, you're not being serious, so I'm just going to ignore you. But in real general manager world, I don't think that's what happens. Like, I would imagine, like, I'm just thinking, I know it's a lot of money, so the salary cap would be different. But you're telling me the Buffalo Bills wouldn't be interested in him? Right? Like, so, so let's say someone says, okay, hey, Bills, give us, give us Davis and a first-round draft pick. Well, okay, no. You're probably not going to make that deal. Yes, he's a difference maker. That's a heavy price. You're not going to negotiate. Come back. Well, listen, that's a lot of money we have to eat for a problem that you have. We'll give you a third round draft pick for him. And their decision was, yeah, all right, we'll, we'll release him. Take the well, third now, round draft pick. <laughs> take something. So, take anything for him. So the, the Bills are one of the top rumored landing spots for DeAndre Hopkins, along right with now? the Chiefs. Yep. Okay. The Chiefs of Bills are two of the top Chiefs rumored landing spots. Yeah. Hey, the Bills make um, sense. They need a number two, so they need someone. I get yeah. it. But, but, my, but my point, my point was going to be though, is because these general managers talk, right? Like, like they sure. they right. communicate with each other and stuff. They they know what the what the feel of the league is, right? And if all signs are pointing to nobody is willing to 
make an offer for him or like an acceptable offer as far as the Cardinals are concerned, then maybe it was just the Bills saying, well, why would we even bother if there's such a good chance that he's going to get released anyways? Then if I'm the general manager. Maybe it was just a, a bit of a gamble on the Bills. Probably, probably. like, And that's probably smart on the Bills and the Chiefs. Hey, we can get him. Why would we pay something? We can get him for something. We can get him for basically money now. And probably cheaper, right? Like He's not going to need night because whatever the buyout is or the release, he's been owed some money. He's probably got some money. They're not going to have to pay $19 million to get him. So what, I, what I'm saying is on the Cardinals side, I if I was the general manager, I would just hang on to him then. Okay, then no one's getting him. If no one wants to trade with me, why do I have to release this player? Why am I under the gun to do that? Oh, he's going to refuse to play for me? Okay. If he wants to sit on his butt for a year, he's the older guy. He's going to ruin his career by doing that. That has nothing to do with me. Is he going to be a distraction or an issue in the locker room? Maybe. Maybe that's something I need to get rid of. But at this point, But you're also no, paying like, him $19 million. Hey, yeah, that's the price. I you know, As a new general <laughs> manager, he's probably coming in being like, well, I didn't pay this guy $19 million, so I don't want to keep him. So I get it. I understand yeah. that. To give him up for nothing? Unacceptable. If I was the owners, I'd be like, okay, strike one. New general manager, strike one. You've got yeah. others, but to me, that's strike one. That's absolutely ridiculous. You have to be a stronger-willed negotiator that because they gave him up for absolutely nothing. The Cardinals are not even a better rebuilding team at this point. They just lost a major tradable asset for absolutely nothing. Yeah, I, I, I fully agree with you. Um, I'm just trying to put some sort of a logical explanation on it and they're they're pretty weak explanations but it is what it is <laughs> yeah um, this is exactly what it would be like if you were the, you were the gm trying to explain yourself and yeah. i'm the owner just be like no that's dumb that's not just sort of like actually to go back to to fantasy for a second this kind of reminds me of when you try to bs your way through terrible trades you make in the league and you and you text me all these reasons why why the trade works for both sides and i can just see right through it that's kind of what this is like hey I I paint a picture and I let the rose colored glasses take the yeah. take the lead. Uh, well, anyway, maybe uh, maybe Anthony Hopkins will come play for them. Maybe maybe that's what this is all about. It's just the wrong this Hopkins is on the. We bench. can't have two Hopkins on this yeah. team. We got to go get Anthony. <laughs> now, real quick before we move on, I also had read a report uh, earlier in the week that apparently he could have played in the final two games of the season and chose to sat out. Uh, and that ruffled some feathers there with the Cardinals. So maybe that had something to do with it. Maybe it yeah. didn't. But that was with a different GM, a different head coach. So who knows how much that really had to play into it, if anything at all. I um, think, yeah, I think it probably did. But like at the end of the day, I would always look at it as it's time to grow up, people. Like, okay, like, okay, DeAndre Hopkins probably ruffled some feathers. You don't like that attitude and you want to get rid of him. Hey, I can totally respect that. I can understand that. Suck it up for a little bit and get a good trade for him. Because he's an asset. You can't deny that. You released him for nothing. He's going to go to the Chiefs of the Bills and have a chance to win a Super Bowl. And you look foolish. You look absolutely foolish. And again, I agree with you. After a good draft where they were on a good track, they just made a decision that to me places them well. Because I, I think the Texans had an even more interesting draft. They, their team's just as all over the place. But, like, what does this mean for Murray now? Like, what not does much this mean? For, not much good. Yeah, like, is he the next to be, I guess, released? Because 
they, they're not going to be able to trade him. Like all you've done is shown every other general manager in the league that if we if we negotiate hard with this guy, he's just going to release the player and we have a chance to get him. That's all you've done at this point. Like at one point in time, you gotta you gotta grow up and just stick it out with someone that you hate and say, you know what, I don't like this guy, I don't want him here, but I gotta keep him around so I can get the right deal to do the right thing for my franchise, not just release him because you don't like him. Is that how you feel about podcasting with me? <laughs> yeah. Every <laughs> every week I put my big boy pants on and I sit down with you for an hour and I suffer through it and I do it for the people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, some good news for you. Um, the Jets are not looking to pursue DeAndre Hopkins. They're quite happy with their wide receiver group, so you don't have to deal with <laughs> him going to play me. with nipples. <laughs> well, I mean, that that would be one of those moves that would push them more over the edge, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, so it came out over this past weekend that Jimmy Garoppolo is still dealing with a foot injury that he had an operation with. And there's actually a waiver in his contract that basically states um, they can't be held responsible if the injury gets worse, uh, anything further comes out of it, anything like that. But more importantly, that at any time during this upcoming season, up until I think a few days after the final regular season game, the Raiders can cut Jimmy Garoppolo for any reason at all related to this injury right? and not owe him a, a cent. So he basically has to have in a completely healthy and pretty, probably flawless season. Otherwise, they could just cut him and start fresh next season with no, no debt incurred. Mm-hmm. That yeah, has and- to be a terrible position to be in. Yeah, and like that's that's gonna leave a lot of questions because we were kind of talking before air like who who uh, who do they have like and right now on their depth charts I don't think they have another established quarterback to draw they on have this year. Brian Hoyer, okay, lifelong so, backup lifelong. quarterback. So really, like not not a solution for a team that like with Garopp, a healthy Garoppolo is looking like a, a playoff team. Um, so it, it puts them in a difficult position. Like, yes. And so on a financial standpoint, that's great on a playing football this year standpoint. If you got to release them for nothing, you better have a backup plan. Though Josh, I was telling you about a theory I have about a backup plan, (laughs) but wait, (laughs) but wait, there's more (laughs) because Tom Brady has now become like a part owner, like one 18th. Of, of ownership or something really small of the Las Vegas Raiders. I could see a scenario. If there's one person who's coming off the ownership box to, to play, it would be Tom Brady. So maybe if this happens where they have to release Garoppolo, they bring in Tom Brady he, and he pulls a Michael Jordan and he plays for a team that he owns. I, I honestly could see that happening with Tom Brady. He's divorced. What else does he have to do? He's already sacrificed a lot for football. I honestly could see this happening. I'm picturing like a WWE entrance, like him storming down from the owner's Definitely. box. Like the smoke machines are going. He's got his own theme music. He like walks out on the field, points to Garoppolo and like puts his hand across his throat or something. <laughs> and just brings him out of there. And that's yeah. the thing. Like he like Vegas was one of the possible landing spots 
for Tom Brady. Like that was that was a possibility. So it, this guy's I, playing chess and everyone else is playing checkers. Yeah, like I honestly look at that, be like, hmm, that's interesting. The story comes out about Garoppolo. Tom Brady just has now a stake and some ownership there. Suddenly, Brady becomes a potential quarterback for them. And again, like you know, I I think Brady's over the hill here. I don't I don't think he's what he was. That team is still good. Like that that offense at least has some interesting weapons. And like he Brady has you know not really had a, a running back like that before who can take over a game, who can completely yeah. like run. So would would it be different? And would it be possible for him? Like I, can't you see it? Like it could happen. That would be one of the best storylines to ever come out of the NFL ever. <laughs> it might happen. Like you know how much Brady loves football. Yeah. Yeah. Like. I could see it happening, but I uh, not great for Jimmy G fans, but no, not great for Jimmy G either. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no. Especially he's not going to get any money out of this. Like that's yeah, oh, that's rough. yeah. You get you. It's like from Willy Wonka. Like you lose, you get nothing, nothing at all. You get carried away by the Oompa Loompas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another quarterback at risk of being carried away by the Oompa Loompas is Russell Wilson. Well, this one's less of a shock. Less of a shock, yeah. So essentially, the report that I read said that he's at risk of losing his job if he performs poorly this season. Basically, it seems like what's coming out of the Broncos is that he's got this season to impress Sean Payton. And if he doesn't do it, then uh, they're going to move on. Despite signing him to, what was it, like a five-year contract extension before even seeing him throw the ball? Five years right off the bat, he got a big contract before they even uh, before they even took the field. Yeah, well, Sean Payton says uh, you you better prove it, or else that's not happening. <laughs> and and this is the thing, like I I honestly would imagine that Russell Wilson won't play as poorly as he did last year, but I just don't see the Broncos being a a great team this year. Like I just, I really just don't see it happening. Now it's possible. I could be wrong. You never know what happens. If he performs like he has before in Seattle, then the team might be different. But I don't think he has the weapons he, he had there. I really no, don't. No, he doesn't. And with so, Javante Williams coming, trying to come back from injury, they don't really yeah. have. They don't really have that part of their offense, you know, like to even lean on. So yeah, it'll be a very tough situation. It will probably all fall on him and what he can make happen. And that didn't look good yeah. last season, so I forgot about Luck. that injury too. Like that's significant. Um, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. gonna be rough. I, I I have a feeling he's done too. Like now he's depending upon you know how players are. He might get released or traded or moved or whatever. Probably not traded because of that contract, but he he might try to land somewhere and, and re-energize his career. But if he has another poor year here, two terrible years in a row as a quarterback, it generally doesn't bode well for you like generally yeah. that's not a sign of like oh this person's got gas left in the tank when jared goff is playing better than you it's not good no no not at all uh the nfl also announced a new kickoff rule um essentially a fair catch can be called anywhere within the 25 yard line and the ball will be placed at the 25 yard line and that has made a lot of coaches uh commentators individuals in the football industry quite angry uh, because they feel it's another gigantic step towards removing special teams from the game essentially right yeah 
um, because and like because I mean it impacts everybody, right? Like from the kickers who specialize in getting those like kicks right to like the one yard line or two yard line and forcing them to have to do a return um, to the guys on special teams who try to generate turnovers. Like all of it comes down to who, like why is anybody going to return the ball if you're guaranteed to get 25 yards out of it, if you just catch it and wave it off. Yep. Uh, so I'm not personally looking forward to that. Cause I do like watching kickoffs, even though, I, I mean, they all end up in touchbacks, like something insane, like 75% of the time or something now, just because of how strong the kicker's legs are. So maybe that's why they're looking at it. I think the reason that they pushed towards it was to try to prevent concussions, but I don't really see how that's going to change anything because the guys are still going to run full tilt at each other until the whistle blows. So I, I don't think that's probably going to save very much in terms of concussions, but uh, I think it's going to make kickoffs pretty boring to watch yeah I, yeah <laughs> like are they even thinking about that i don't like, think is, so, it, is no. this injury related like this is 100 percent. that was i right? yeah i believe that was the driving motivation behind it was to try to reduce concussions uh because that punts and kickoffs are, are two of like the largest causes of um of concussions just because of the speeds okay. that the players okay. are traveling at. Because there are some um, exciting plays that happen on kickoffs. Like, I know I know there's oh, absolutely. I know it's like what, you know, a high percentage of not. But when there is a big play, like, it can be game-changing. Yeah, well, oh, absolutely. Like, uh, well, look at, what was it, Week 17 uh, with Bills and the Patriots, the opening yep. kickoff yes. return? That yeah. Was, yeah, that was Can 100% absolute... set the tone for a game or completely swing the momentum. Wasn't there a game? I remember. I remember this briefly because I was actually I was in a pub watching it. Well, I was watching another game, and and this one was on. There was the Jets and the Patriots, and they it was like zero zero or three three throughout the whole game. And didn't like a big big kick return set up the only touchdown that won one of the teams the game. Like I'm pretty sure that happened too. Where it was just like if it wasn't for that crazy return, the game would have been like. Three three or something going like it was. It was just the worst game ever, but it caught everyone's attention because of that big return. Yeah, like they, I don't. I I always think that special teams holds a place uh, in the NFL, and it's part of it. And if you mm-hmm. want to try to change it to prevent injuries, and you know, look at like player safety. Like I think that's something they could look towards the. I think it's the XFL who does it, where essentially the kickoff is kind of like a punt where like they're all lined up in front of each other and then the ball gets snapped or what have you. And then they kick it. But instead of having, you know, a 40 yard sprint at the guy, you guys are starting Mm -hmm. side by side. So Mm -hmm. you don't have those high speed collisions anymore. Now it's just essentially like a punt return. Yeah. um, Which still do lead to concussions, but at a much lower rate because you don't have that, huge sprint at the other player right and and typically it's at the point of contact where you like with the gunners where i think you get the most concussions Mm -hmm. um the guys who are running down on the side because they have that full head of steam so i don't think you'll be able to fully remove it from it but at least if that's your goal like at least still make it so it's competitive right because people are still going to be forced to kick or return the ball you know, they're going to be looking at it if they're in the end yep. zone. Okay, do I want to uh, 
do I want to try to run it or, or do I want to take the 25 yards? You know, like the, the game gamesmanship is still there, I guess. Yes. They at least make it competitive at least like, cause if you, if you put it in the player's hands to have to make a decision, whether or not to do something, that's when it's the most competitive. Do I take the risk and try to run? Do I, do I call a fair catch or run out of bounds? Like whatever. But there has to be like, everyone's just going to call a fair catch because well, I get 100%. it. 100%. Because I'm yeah. I, like, why would you even risk it at the 10? Oh, I'm going to get it at the 25. I'd rather have that than, than, you know, catch the ball and get tackled in two minutes. So I, exactly. I think without a doubt, you've got to like, you, you absolutely have to keep it and try to make it competitive. So I understand where people are coming from as this rule kind of sounds dumb. It's, it's, for player safety, and I mean, I can't argue with that either. You want to make it safe, but I feel like there's a better way to go about it. Like, I think you're making a good point that there's just a better way to do this. Yeah, we'll see if it uh, if it makes it to the season, and if it does make it to the season, I guess what the impact is. Yes. Um, but we'll get through these last pieces of news there, and then on to our AFC South uh, review. Uh, so Lions running back David Montgomery suffered a lower leg injury during OTAs. I haven't heard much more about it, so I'm assuming it's relatively minor in nature. The Jets head coach, Robert Sala, I think that's how his name's pronounced, is very optimistic that Brees Hall will be ready for week one. Again, that's, uh, I'm going to believe it when I see it, and (laughs) I don't think we're going to get the the full tilt Brees Hall back, because that historically very, very, very rarely happens. Um, the Jaguars don't want to see Travis Etienne taking 74% of the running back carries again. So keep that in mind. If you're drafting him this year, that as of right now, it appears that they don't want to lean on him as much as they did last season. So he could be involved in more of a committee backfield this year. Uh, but we're going to talk about the Jaguars uh, in this episode anyways. Uh, the 49ers are giving Trey Lance all the first team reps over Sam Darnold in the OTAs, which just makes sense. I don't know why they were ever saying they were going to give Sam Darnold, or if they did, why they would, because it's Sam Darnold. He's not yeah. starting over Trey Lance. Yeah. Uh, and, and ultimately, Brock Purdy is going to start over Trey Lance anyways. But uh, Sam Darnold was definitely third on that list. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think Sam Darnold has much of a chance. Now, again, the injuries... Right. Yeah, I guess. That's what happened to them. Injured, yeah. Right. That's how Brock Purdy got in there, right? So yep. the injuries are the thing. But, like, I agree. Brock Purdy's n- your number one. Purdy's going to go out there. And then you kind of see what happens from there. But, yeah, I mean, Darnold, there's a, it's a low chance. It's not like it happens every year. You know, no, what happened no. to the 49ers last year, that doesn't happen all the time. No, that was just a circus. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That was bad. Yeah, it was crazy. And the fact that they still were competitive. <laughs> is, is well, again, is a credit to them. They have such a great team, but I just normally, even great teams have crumbled without their quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I'd call them competitive when Brock Purdy had to come back into the game because it was either him or Christian McCaffrey. At that point, it was just, let's just run the ball out. But to get as far as they did mm-hmm. in the circumstances that they did, that, yes. that was very competitive. Th- yeah. That's more what I mean. Like that, oh, they're okay, yeah. overall, like, as a season. Like, where they yeah. went as a season. Yes, yes. Not necessarily game to game and not even necessarily what the quarterback was able to do. The fact is a team, they were able to go as far as they did. I think that's pretty impressive. You just see like examples of even when like Tom Brady got hurt one time 
in in one of the years for for um I think that was 08 i think oh eight yeah yeah like you, it, the team's just not the same whereas no. with the 49ers it didn't really seem to matter who was that quarterback like they were able to make it work yeah yep that's true and the final piece of news the kansas city chiefs believe that uh, Kadarius tony can be a number one type of receiver so i think we spoke about that last week that if we had to pick one of the receivers Hmm. Uh, for fantasy, we would go with Kadarius Tony. So it seems like the the Chiefs are, at least as of right now, are along the same lines. Um, yep. And that that is it for news this week. So we'll move right on into our AFC South uh, team review. And we'll start with the Houston Texans. So at quarterback, they have Davis Mills. <laughs> Just... Not fantasy relevant. <laughs> yeah, like, is there any scenario? Like, I'm going to really put you on the spot here. Like, try to find any scenario here. Is there any case you can make for Davis Mills? Um. Yes. Your, your starting quarterback is on a bye or is injured, and every other team has two healthy quarterbacks on their roster, and you're in, like, a 12-person league. Then you can look at Davis Mills and say, maybe. So if if there are 20, 25 out of 32 already yeah. gone, Davis Mills yeah. is the 26th option is what you're saying. Oh, no, no, no. I'm saying he's a maybe. Now he's we're a maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> now you're really looking at the matchups. Okay. So yeah. if it's a terrible matchup, he I'm might looking be able at, to get thrown in there. Yeah, I'm looking at who they're playing, you know, how bad are they? What's the weather? You know, like, is there rain? <laughs> oh you know? You're looking at weather. Just I'm looking at weather reports. Looking at weather. <laughs> I'm looking at wind reports. Like, I want to know how much moisture and humidity is in the air. Like, I'm it. Uh, I'm going to be like uh, that meme from uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where he's like pointing at the board and he's all wide-eyed. That's going to be me trying to sort out if I would start Davis Mills. But yes, he is certainly in like the, the low 20s. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I listen, I don't disagree. I, I think let's not even, t- I was just trying to put you on the spot to see if you could come up with a reason. Yeah, I think Davis Mills is a no-go. You don't even worry about him. Listen, the Houston Texans are the, are the second most irrelevant team in the league right now. Um, they've got some upsides. They're not as much of a disaster um, as Arizona, but they're way far behind here in development. They don't have a quarterback. We'll have to see what happens over the next couple of years for them. Yeah, yeah, they're they're in rebuild still, so we'll see if they can pull it off or not. Um, at running back, they have Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary. So Damian Pierce, rookie last year, did phenomenal, uh, especially in standard scoring leagues. Devin Singletary's coming from the Buffalo Bills. It remains to be seen how yeah. how that usage is going to go. Um. Probably going to be a reduction in workload for Damian Pierce, unfortunately. But I think because of how poor uh, the quarterback and the wide receiver core is for this team, which we'll talk about in a second, I think Damian Pierce is still a very viable fantasy option. And potentially Devin Singletary, too, if if all they're doing is leaning on the run, depending on what that workload ends up being. You know, if yeah. Singletary's only a third down back, then no, probably not. But if they're split in work or one of them ends up as the goal line back, then that that could have some value as like a flex. Yeah, I that's kind of where my head's at, where 
Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary to me have some value to them because that's just what I think is going to happen where they're both, they're both going to be used in certain situations. They brought Singletary and I think they are going to use him. He is a good, he's good in the red zone. He, he scored in the red zone for the bills. He would do that. That's where some of his value came is they, they did eventually go to him eventually. Now, sometimes that was throws, which you might have to take. I don't think Davis Mills is going to be anywhere near obviously what Josh mm. Allen would do, but I still yeah. think, they brought him in to try to use him to try to you know do one two punch at running back. So Damian Pierce, absolutely, if you can get him, I think he's worth picking. Devin Singletary, I I don't think he's a bad player on your bench. Like he might be a matchup thing, flex option, but if you need some, you need someone on your bench. Like you need to have players. I I wouldn't be too worried about Devin Singletary. I think you could still pick him. Certainly on this team, I think it's Pierce one, Singletary two. Who you who you would draft? Who you would try to have on your team anyway? Um, because someone's got to score. Someone's got to score touchdowns, and someone's got to get yards. And it's not like Houston's not going to do anything. They're just, they no. just suck. <laughs> so it's yeah. not going to be great. But they, they, someone has to do something. You have to get yards. And you have to score touchdowns. So yeah, and this is a running back room that I'm going to be paying attention to come preseason because yeah. I want to see, like, I want to see what their their plans are because last. Last piece, they were very obvious about who was going to be the number one and what they were going to do. So I want to see if they're as obvious this year or if we have to wait a few games to kind of see. Like maybe they're fighting for who's going to be number one, who's going to be number two kind of a thing. I think it should be Damian Pierce, but Devin Singletary is a strong football player, so he certainly has every right to uh, try to fight for a starting spot. Yep. The Bills just never used him. They just Correct. never, yep. never used him. Um, and the few times they did... I because I had him in fantasy one year and then you know had him or traded for him in another. He every once in a while he's getting me twelve to fifteen fantasy points. Like he was doing like every once in a while he'd do something because he'd get a touchdown or what have you. But they were so inconsistent with him. So I think he's going to get chances here. Yeah, it's uh, very possible. Something definitely to keep your eye on. Uh, as for their wide receiver room, unfortunately, not so much. <laughs> uh, wide receiver they've got who are Nico. some of these guys i gotta tell you <laughs> yeah. i'm looking at the list here i'm like who are these guys <laughs> these guys are not household names no nico, nico collins john mechie the third and robert woods so now robert woods used to be a household name back yep. uh yep. only what like three years three ago years four ago, years ago yeah yeah, yeah. like the year before the pandemic 2019 he uh, he was a, a definitely a worthwhile name. Yeah, he uh, he was more productive than Cooper Cup a few years ago in fantasy, mm-hmm. I believe. Or like mm-hmm. they were neck and neck, and they both did well. Uh, and it's just gone very, very downhill for Mister Robert Woods. Unfortunately, um, he did very little. Uh, I think he was with Tennessee last season. Did very little there, or was he? Yeah, Who did Robert Woods Yeah, he was with Tennessee, wasn't he? He was I'm with Tennessee sure for the was. one year, or maybe maybe two years, and he didn't. Um, I don't. Think yeah, he was with the, he was with Tennessee well. last year. Yeah, yeah, just for one year, right? Because he was with Rams yeah. before. Yeah, yeah, he was That's with Rams before that. I was say, did, I, like, did I hallucinate that? No, no, he just didn't. He wasn't really relevant. Yeah, he did nothing. Uh, so, to, to be fair, most of the Tennessee passing game didn't do anything either. So. Like this is a for Houston Robert Woods. This is a salary cap pickup. You got to spend some money somewhere, so we'll we'll give this guy a chance. But there's no like, 
there's no way he's going to be super relevant on a team that just doesn't have a quarterback. But this is not a receiving core that I think is worth anything. Oh, no. I'm staying far away from this receiving core. Absolutely. Uh, one receiving option that I am interested in, though, is tight end Dalton Schultz, who very surprisingly basically went to the Texans on a prove-it deal mm. uh, after doing quite well with the Cowboys, really. Uh, so he's their number one tight end uh, ahead of Tegan Quitoriano. Um, I think there's a chance that he could be like heavily, heavily involved in their passing game. I'll, probably their top receiver for this year, just because of how strong of a player he is and what we know he can do. And Davis Mills, not the strongest of quarterbacks, so a good chance he might check down to quick tight end or short tight end passes. Um, so if you're in a PPR league, Dalton Schultz could have a lot of sneaky value to him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can see that. Certainly Schultz has been a target of mine in the past as a tight end. Like, I think he's he's generally has, in the past at least, delivered some, some good... Um, it's, it's going to be so interesting to see. Like for me, yes, I can see what you're saying and the way you're framing that. I can see it. He wasn't really on my list of, of to even think about just because of this team. But we could like maybe see what happens. Like maybe it's the type of thing that in a couple of weeks, if he's available, I might, you know, say, okay, he's having an okay season. He's starting to become relevant, possibly. Yeah, I mean, if he can do anywhere near what he did in Dallas then like he was a top 10 top five uh, top three top 15 over the past three seasons all around the 115 120 point mark in half ppr so that's competing with a lot better weapons right like uh, mm-hmm. ezekiel elliott um amari cooper was still there for two of those years cd lamb and he was still producing for fantasy so now he's got no competition really i could see him absolutely becoming the focal point of this passing game yeah and i guess i guess you know mills is technically an nfl quarterback so i mean he's better than me but i just can't (laughs) i don't know i just i haven't seen anything out of mills that makes me think like yeah this is a young quarterback who's like on the brink of something oh no i've just never seen that i'm just so surprised houston didn't really go after drafting and developing a quarterback recently. But I mean, maybe they have their eyes on some, sometimes these general managers are thinking two or three years down the road and they see someone being like, you know, we might be bad for, for this next season again, but Hey, we're going to get another good draft pick. And maybe there's a quarterback in that draft class that they'd like. Um, but yeah, I don't yeah, know. Like very possible. I, I just don't think Mills is the right way to go, but again, we'll see. Like, we'll see what happens, right? Like, we'll see where, what, what ends up happening. Does Mills play the whole year? Does he have a short leash? Do they pull him out of there quickly? I don't know. I don't know. We, sh- we shall see. Um, I, ultimately, I think he is just a placeholder, though. You're, you're yeah. correct. Yes, for, for the next big thing, whatever that is there. Moving on to the Indianapolis Colts. At quarterback right now, they have Gardner Minshew listed as their QB1. However, they spent a first-round draft pick on Anthony Richardson. 
So more than likely, Anthony Richardson will end up being the starter for the uh, Colts, if not to start the season, definitely by the end of the season, I would say. Yeah, um, so th- you think this will be a Minshew's in there for a bit, then we see Richardson at some point in the season start to get him reps. Yeah, that seems to be the theme in the NFL lately is first three or four games, let the guy you already had there start, and then let the rookie take over. Um, I don't know. I, I I think you're hedging your bets if you do that, and that doesn't really send a strong signal to your rookie. Like It doesn't say, like, hey, you're our guy. We trust you. It basically says, okay, we're going to go with the guy we have, and then ho- <laughs> hopefully you can do better. And I know we're going to get to the rest of this office. I'm just looking at the names. Like, I don't think this is an awful group of people. Like, all of these names here, like, depending upon what types of seasons they have, it's not a terrible situation for a rookie to be in. So I don't know why they wouldn't just say, okay, let's hand it off to the future of our franchise and see what they can do with some decent players around them. Like, I know I know the team isn't great, but... I, I would argue they've got two running backs who can get the job done, that they've got some interesting receiving options that are young, that can grow with the quarterback. So I kind of agree with you. I, I don't know if that's sending a great message, but it, it's what the Steelers did. And maybe it's just the same thing, the Kenny Pickett treatment. Like you're going you're gonna to see Richardson five or six games into the season. Now, I mean, we are still also pretty early um, in the off season, so this all very well could change, and they could name him as the starter before the preseason starts. Yeah. Uh, so I'll be interested to see which route they kind of take. I guess. Yeah. Um, at running back, uh, like you said, they have two strong options there. They got Jonathan Taylor, and they've got Zach Moss. Jonathan Taylor obviously can be amazing for fantasy football when he's healthy. You know, a bit of a CMC issue there um number one draft pick and then spent the majority of the season injured or fighting an injury so if you took him a first overall it hurt your team greatly uh assuming he's back to full health then there shouldn't be any issues this year he should be great for fantasy and will provide a huge boost to this offense so definitely something to hopefully uh, get to see this year but unfortunately uh that's something that you can't really predict is, is injuries, right? No, you can't. Um, you can be careful about it. Certain players, I think, are more injury prone. And I'm always worried about players coming off injuries and, and what that looks like. But um, certainly on paper, these are two running backs who can who can make an impact. Like, I, yeah, I think Jonathan Taylor, when healthy, is a top running back. And he's fantastic for fantasy. Um, Zach Moss has proven to be a decent flex option. He, he will be someone who's utilized. Again, the Bills just misused him. The Bills just misused a talent, a, a good running back who can do something, who adds a lot of depth here that I think is to try to take some pressure off Taylor for less injury issues, which, again, yes, could be bad for Taylor in terms of amount of reps, but if it keeps him healthy all season, you might see some some greatness out of him. So I think yeah. there's, there's some potential here. Yep. Uh, at wide receiver, we've got Alec Pierce, Michael Pittman Jr., and Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, obviously, Michael Pittman Jr. is the the star of that group. But as we learned last season, you know, that is dictated by his quarterback play. So 
If with Gardner Minshew, we might see more of the same from last year where he's just okay. You know, nothing really special for fantasy. Um, With Anthony Richardson, we don't know what to see. You know, he could be the next Lamar Jackson or he could be a bust. You know what I'm I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah, that risk is that risk is going to be built into both his and Michael Pittman's draft cost, depending on if he's named starter ahead of time or not. Yep, totally. But at the. At the end of the day, though, Michael Pittman Jr. is the head of this wide receiving group, and he should be the one that you're targeting. Um, and then after that, it's just who you who you feel or who we start to see over the first few weeks of the season who starts getting yeah. targets. Yeah, like I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say run after Pierce or McKenzie, but they might be an okay safe bench option. Because eventually one of them's going to do something in theory. Again, this is assuming that quarterback's healthy and things move okay. We might see that a bit in preseason, but probably like you're saying, first couple weeks of the season. Michael Pittman Jr., you draft, and then maybe one of the other ones, um, if you're looking for someone during the season, you might be able to get them as you see if they get targeted or not. And uh, real quick, because we're starting to run low on time, we'll talk about uh, the tight ends, Jelanus Woods, Mo Cox. Not worth your time for fantasy. Nope, move on. No. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry to them. I'm sure they're nice people. Yep. <laughs> uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Quarterback Trevor Lawrence. He proved last year he has what it takes. You yep. can safely draft him. Great Travis, e- Travis Etienne Jr., same thing. Dealt with some injuries last year, but otherwise mm-hmm. we know he's a strong player. Do keep in mind Absolutely. the comments that are coming out of, out of camp, though, uh, that they don't <laughs> want to give him as much. And they did draft a rookie uh, in Tank Bigsby. So they might be developing a bit more of a running back by committee approach this year. Mm-hmm. So just just keep that in mind when you're drafting yeah. him that you might not get that guaranteed production. Yeah, still, still I think, a, a, a good pick, but something to be mindful of. Like, again... Depending upon how things go in in the next few months, you might want to be be picking either one of these running backs because they're kind of good dueling the role. Yeah, I think both will have fantasy value. I think definitely a lot would have to change for me to or for Tank to be drafted ahead of Travis Etienne. Like there would have to be a very significant change uh, because we know Travis Etienne can be a great player for both NFL and fantasy, but. If they're going to play by committee, there's a chance that both could become fantasy relevant. Yeah. And the wide receiver room, Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones, and Christian Kirk. Hmm. Uh, Christian good Kirk. Room. Yeah, <laughs> good that's group. a good, good group. <laughs> Christian Kirk last year proved uh, he could be their number one guy. Zay Jones was pretty streaky, um, but he had a fair amount of good games. And then Calvin Ridley... We don't know what Calvin Ridley we're getting. This guy could be a top four wide receiver, or this guy could be in the 30s. Uh, and unfortunately, that's something you're not going to know until we get into the season and see. Um, it kind of puts a question mark on Christian Kirk's value as well, because if Ridley's lighting the world on fire, then Kirk's value is obviously going to plummet. But if Ridley yeah. just can't keep up, then Kirk's value should rise extremely. Yeah. So yeah, and, you kind of got to call your shot there. Like Lawrence will will probably want to give Ridley a fair go at the beginning of the season, um, with name value and and with what he's accomplished before. So we'll see what happens. But it, I, listen, the three of these players could all have huge impacts. It's just going to depend 
on on how the season goes. I this is one of the rare teams where I'm like saying, you know, later in your draft, if Christian Kirk is there, grab him. Right. Like this, this is a team where you can draft three receivers deep. And I think it's worth the risk at the beginning because one someone's gonna get some good weeks out of it for for Trevor Lawrence and and you'll know within a few weeks who who he's not targeting as much. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of being targeted, Evan Ingram at tight end, we saw last year yep. he became a very quick t- favorite target of Trevor Lawrence. No reason to see that that's going to change unless Calvin Ridley explodes. Uh, because Ingram and Kirk were able to coexist and both do well for fantasy. So it'll all it's, it's all hinging on Calvin Ridley, unfortunately. <laughs> and uh, you're just going to have to call your shot there. Something feels different about his return, though, than some of the other players we've seen. Where I'm, sl- for whatever reason, I'm slightly more comfortable picking Calvin Ridley in a higher spot and being like, okay, I think he he could bounce back. I don't know what it is. Just there's just something about the buzz around him and everything coming back that it's been quiet enough that he's not making a lot of noise. That I actually feel like he's actually working, as opposed to some big personalities who come back and you're hearing a lot from them. Um, so I, I don't know. To me, there's just something where I'm like, I think Ridley might have a monster season. That's just where I'm leaning towards right now. Could be wrong. We'll see. There's lots of time, but as of right now, if we were drafting, like I would, I honestly would, would have him ranked high on my receiver list. Well, there you go. Uh, final team, Tennessee Titans, a quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, and they did draft Will Levis uh, in the second round of the draft this year. Uh, I I don't have high hopes for either. I think we've seen mm. Ryan Tannehill, and it's been slowly going downhill for him. Will Levis, there's a reason that he dropped all the way to the second round. I I don't really think I would want either of these options on my team personally. Yeah, it's yeah something something's going on in terms of why Levis dropped. Um, Tannehill, yeah, we've definitely seen diminishing returns. I mean, I don't, there's just something about the Titans that they always seem to keep themselves competitive, even though well, they, they have Derrick Henry because <laughs> they have Derrick Henry, but, yeah. but it's just even the, you know, the defense always decent and it gives them a chance. So every, I don't know. I, I rank Tannehill or Levis like ahead of Mills in terms yeah. of, I would yeah, still say I'd rather have Tannehill on my bench. And someone like Mills, like if I had Lawrence and Tannehill, yeah, okay, it's it's a little unsafe, but you know Lawrence is going to do great, and Tannehill's only in there if you absolutely need him. Yeah, so, so my issue with the Titans is, uh, and we'll just skip past the running back room because it's it's Derrick Henry and it's Derrick Henry. <laughs> that's it. Hassan Haskins is their RB two, but he's not touching Who the field unless Henry gets no. hurt. Draft um, Derrick Henry. There you go. There's your big yeah. take of the year, Josh. <laughs> exactly. Um, but their wide receiver room. Traylon Burks is their best wide receiver, mm. and he's a rookie last year who statistically did well. Like when you look at like targets per route run and stuff like that, like the those core numbers. But in terms of fantasy production, he he did very little. Um, but even then, he's still their best option because the other options, Nick Westbrook, Akine, and Kyle Phillips, are are not that great either. So that com- that circles back to why I don't really want any part of Tannehill or Will Levis is just because the the receiving room is so weak, mm-hmm. and like we talked about with Davis Mills, that that is a part of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then at tight end, 
Chigozim Okonkwo and Trevin w- Trayvon Wesco. Yeah. Now Okon- Okonkwo, I am a big fan of. He uh, he broke out a little bit last year, and hopefully he can keep taking steps forward because he could be a, a tight end that you can steal at the end of the draft and yes. still produce fairly decent value. So certainly someone to uh, to keep an eye on towards the bottom of your draft if he's available 100% worth taking a shot on especially if you didn't get one of those uh like one of those Kelsey Andrews Kittle Waller tight ends you know if you went past the top four top five options then pick him up as as a backup plan just in case the guy that you got doesn't pan out yep yeah he's definitely a good good backup plan for sure I think you can get him deep in the draft absolutely yep so that is it for the AFC South. So, Mike, where do you ha- where do you have the AFC South ranked? Yeah, no, without a doubt, I think this is the weakest uh, division in the AFC. Um, I've got Jacksonville Jaguars ranked number one. I think they're the one who will be the playoff team out of this. They'll win the division. Um, Tennessee Titans two, Indianapolis Colts three, and Houston Texans four. Well, I've got Jacksonville at number one, Houston at number four but I swapped Indianapolis and Tennessee around. But I th- I'm making that contingent on if Anthony Richardson is the starter. Right. Um, because if we see more of the same of last year, then yes, I do think the Titans will um, end up better than them. But they have the they have a better overall offense because Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry are pretty comparable, but the Colts wide receiver room is much stronger than the Titans. So as long as the Colts can have decent quarterback play, I think they'll finish better. And I think their best chance of that is through uh, Anthony Richardson. Yeah. Until I see it, I'll sort of believe what they're going to do. Cause if Gardner Gardner Minshew's in there, I just don't think they're going to go anywhere. And again, I, I go back to Derek Henry. He's such a great player. I do think in terms of using the tight end and using the running back, they could, they could have an interesting offense and their defense is usually okay to good. Um, And yeah, Ryan Tannehill, I think he's on the way down, but he could have a bit of a bounce back season. And I always go for going with a little bit more experience unless they're like 39 years old and named Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, Three players to target. I have Dalton Schultz because, like I said uh, when we spoke about the Texans, I think he's going to be the focal point of that offense in that, or sorry, not that offense, the that receiving game for the Texans, and could give you sneaky value at uh, the tight end position for PPR leagues. Evan Ingram because I expect him to continue his connection with Trevor Lawrence, and could could finish in the top five for tight ends again. Uh, it's very possible. Kelvin Ridley, if he's available, because I've seen a very large range of outcomes, people willing to pay like a very high draft cost for him and also leagues where he's slipping. I don't think you want to pay the top end value for him unless you have two solid wide receiver picks in your first couple of picks. Um, But if he's dropping in the draft, then 100% worth the risk because if it pays off, he could be easily a top 10 top five wide receiver for you for a very late draft pick and at that point if you swing and miss you already have your core set up and a bonus player to target 
would be Anthony Richardson if he is named the starter before the season. And that is because he is a quarterback who likes to run. And those quarterbacks are worth their weight in gold when it comes to fantasy. Okay, my players to target, I went with Damian Pierce from the Houston Texans. I think the offense is going to really run through him again, even with yep. Devin Singletary. I think sometimes a running back having a little bit less reps keeps them healthy, keeps them moving throughout the year. I think he'll have a good year, so he's number one for me. I also had Calvin Ridley, um, thinking that you could get him kind of middle or later in the draft, and he might be an explosive pick. So I also picked uh, Calvin Ridley for that. Um, and then my, my third player um i i also went on jacksonville um and and went for trevor lawrence just thinking listen he's going to have another great year if you can't get one of those top four quarterbacks and you play it like i had to last year where you're not drafting quarterback till later which i guess is the way most people do it trevor lawrence is a good pickup because if you have a couple good running backs on your team and a couple good wide receivers and you pick up trevor lawrence i think you're in great shape yep absolutely uh three players to avoid Traylon Burks, he's the star of that wide receiver group, but unfortunately it's just not a good wide receiver group, and he hasn't proven it on the field yet. And he's not catching the ball from very strong players, who are also on my players to avoid list, which is both Ryan Tannehill and Will Levis, depending on who (laughs) becomes the starter. Basically, whichever one is the starter, avoid them. And my third is Robert Woods, because I I think the ship has just sailed there, and he's not going to be doing much uh, for his wide receiver group either with the Texans. Um, Our lists are almost the same. I've got Robert Woods, um, and uh, I've got uh, Traylon Burks for all the same reasons that you gave. I think especially in terms of Burks, that's just a receiving core that's not going to have much. Um, and then I'm, you know, I went, I went with someone a little bit different um, for my third one. I just thought in terms of the Tennessee Titans, I decided to put in uh, Woods, who's currently their tight number one tight end ranked. I just think that their tight ends might not play huge value here with a deep receiving core and with some really strong running backs. If there's going to be success, it's probably going to go through the other players. So that's the Colts wide uh, tight end, Jelanus Woods. Uh, Jelanus Woods from the Colts. Oh, okay. I thought for some reason I interpreted that as Robert Woods. And I was like, no, he's not a tight end. What do you say? No, I already, yes. Robert yeah, Woods. I got Woods. You. I got two yeah. Woods on my list. Robert two, Woods. Two, two Woods on your, on your list. <laughs> yeah, two Woods and a Burks. <laughs> yeah, two Woods and a Burks. It's like a golf company. Exactly. <laughs> That's a great name for a golf company. all right well that is it for us uh this week if you have any fan questions for us please don't hesitate we love to hear from you reach out to us you can find us on uh, facebook instagram twitter at conquer your draft you can go to conqueryourdraft.com go to our podcast page fill out the form there or you can email us directly at contact at conqueryourdraft.com thanks so much for listening take care stay safe